Current Weekly on Dublin Digital Radio. Now, polls suggest Irish society is divided with the results too close to call. I don't believe the Constitution is the place for making absolute statements about medical, moral and legal issues. Once you introduce abortion at all, it won't be restrictive. It will be packaged as restrictive, but that will eventually end up as uh, abortion on wide-ranging grounds. It's happened in every other country. There's no reason to think that Ireland would be any different. We've done something to publicise not just the availability of the abortion pills, but the hypocrisy of a law which bans In them. 1983, 67% of the voting population supported the ban. Your senseless, inhumane and sexist laws abroad for a medical procedure that forces us to risk 14 years in prison or the seizure of our safe abortion pills from women on women. It was as Minister for Health that I became convinced that abortion had no place in our constitution. Women on web counteract this by giving women power in their own hands to access safe abortion using the pills Mifepristone and Misoprostol which can be safely used at home with a friend there to help you and are prescribed by pro-choice doctors after you've filled out a questionnaire about your general medical situation and your health. This is a safe option for women where power has been taken away from us, where doctors in this country are unable to help you. The doctor has approved a request for help. You will receive a tracking number and shipment confirmation once the package leaves the country of origin. At this moment, this can take up to four business days. Please carefully follow the doctor's instructions below on how to use the medicine. Take the medicine as soon as they arrive. A medical abortion can only be done safely at home during the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. We will send you an evaluation email in five weeks to inquire how it went. These are the doctor's instructions for the medical abortion procedure and the precautions you should take. For more extensive information, please go to the questions and answers. Please print this page out for yourself so that you can follow the instructions exactly. Read all the instructions carefully before you use the medicine. Keep all medicines out of the reach of children. Before using the medicine, you should take a pregnancy test or have an ultrasound to tell you how long you've been pregnant. An ectopic pregnancy can only be detected by ultrasound. The risk of an abortion using medicines is similar to the risks of a miscarriage. The abortion can be done up to 12 weeks of pregnancy. Always contact a medical doctor or go to a hospital if you suspect a complication. You can always go to the hospital or to any doctor and say that you think you have had a miscarriage. The doctor will treat you as if you have had a spontaneous abortion, miscarriage. The doctor cannot detect any signs that you have taken medicines to cause an abortion. Do not use the medicines if someone is forcing you to make the decision to end your pregnancy. You cannot get to a hospital or first aid centre within an hour. You are alone. You should ask for a partner, friend or other trusted person to stay with you while you use the medicine. Current estimates state that up to nine women a day travel overseas to have an abortion. However, for many women, travelling isn't an option. Approximately three women a day 
take abortion pills in Ireland, an act which carries with it the potential of a 14-year prison sentence. Based in the Netherlands, Women on the Web is an international collective that helps women in many countries access these pills. Used within the first nine weeks of pregnancy, these pills are 98% effective in ending a pregnancy when used correctly. The World Health Organization lists the two pills on their list of essential medicines that should be available everywhere. For this episode of Current, we're speaking to Need Abortion Ireland about the vital care and information they provide to people seeking to access abortions in Ireland. So maybe you could begin by telling us about the support that Need an Abortion Ireland provides to women who are accessing these services. Sure. So Need Abortion Ireland supports people in crisis pregnancy to access early medica- medical abortion pills. So this is under 10 weeks of pregnancy. Uh, we have an email service and a text helpline support service that we run 365 days a year. And um, we wouldn't turn anyone away, obviously, if they were over 10 weeks, but we'd support them to contact the abortion support network that are based in the UK. So in terms of people who come to us and, and need to access an abortion under 10 weeks, we support them to go through uh, Women Help, so Women Help Women, similar to Women on Web. We just have a partnership with them, so that's how we've built up. Um, and we explain, I suppose, what the consultation will mean, um, what they'll need to have. We can support them to get the addresses that they need, because at the moment you need to have a Northern Irish address as well as an address down south. And we can support people to get the package if they're unable to do so. Um, I suppose the biggest thing that we do is we pay for people's abortion pills. Um, when we started off, we would have offered the service if, we've, if people named that they couldn't afford it. Uh, the donation is, is 75 euro at the moment. But then as time went on and we had a lot of supporters who did fundraising for us, I suppose we felt that we feel abortion should be free, safe and legal. So we don't ask people what their financial situation is. We offer it fairly early on. Sometimes people will say, no, it's fine. I can pay for it, save it for somebody else. But I suppose on principle, you know, they're already going through a crisis. So that's the number one thing that we do um, is that we pay for it. And we also, I suppose, direct them to post-abortion supports um, and help them with really practical questions. So people who are living in unstable accommodation or who live with their parents or who can't use their home address. So we, we do everything we can to make sure people can, can access the pills and use them safely. And what was the context out of which you arose and how long you've been in operation? I suppose we, we knew that people were using pills um, to, to have a, an early medical abortion. But I suppose the narrative around abortion, once it started to kick off around 2012, 2013, was very much focused on people traveling to the UK, um, which is devastating and which is a tragedy and which shouldn't happen. But I suppose we felt that people who, who were accessing abortion pills online were being forgotten. Um, and this statistic was being kind of brushed under the carpet and these people were not getting the support they need. And it's, it's a really, really terrifying situation because having an abortion in your own house and um, when you know that it carries a 14 year prison sentence, and you don't know how your family and friends would react if they found out is really, really scary. So I suppose we loved the work of Women Help, but Women Help are a service for people all over the world. We wanted a specific Irish service to explain the different ins and outs, the laws, the processes, simple things like parcel motel and post restaurante, like how you could actually get a package. We wanted to really delve into that and be able to direct people to local supports post-abortion, you know, and tell them things like, you know, a doctor can't tell if you've taken a medical abortion pill orally. 
and um, you can present to a maternity hospital and say it was a miscarriage things like that about 30 to 50 people contact us a month so again the stats around how many people take the pills we can never really know that that's only the 30 to 50 people who who know about need abortion ireland which is obviously very small um, so we've been running since April 2016, so it's, it's two years now. And are you, I suppose, do you have much face-to-face contact or is it mainly kind of through the text line and email or would you in some sense be operational in the whole country or is it somehow quite Dublin-based? No, it's definitely in the whole country and we can tell that because we ask people what area they're from if they need to access an address and um, because we'll try and find one locally for them um, or an address in the north that's close to the border depending on where they are. Um, so we don't do any face-to-face just for our own safety, but we would, I suppose, it, text people, email people, but we would contact our own networks as well beyond that if we had a very specific sticky situation. I mean, we have hosts around Ireland who host people who need to have a space to have the, the medical abortion if they're in homeless accommodation or direct provision or they just can't have it in their house because their partner or their parents would find out. So we have a lot of kind of those networks that we can't, describe so specifically when when people contact us but every case is different and we do everything we can to support people i suppose um the process of obtaining an abortion in ireland can be a really stressful experience like waiting for the pills to arrive fear they've been seized by customs the secrecy and worry that uh will they come and what will you do if they don't come and what are some of the biggest maybe worries that women kind of have when they contact you i suppose the biggest ones are are the pills going to get seized I think Irish Customs reported last year that a thousand packages got seized. Um, I suppose luckily we have so many networks and so many good supports and women help included. So we, we always find a way to get a package to people either way, but it is a huge risk and it is a huge worry for people. Um, I suppose a, a lot of people will ask about police, you know, interventions. Has anyone ever been arrested before? What happens if someone finds out? I suppose the really devastating thing is you know all those messages are coming to us and then there'll be messages like i'm bleeding really heavily how much blood is too much blood um and this is a total stranger texting a total stranger and i think that's that's the really acute and really devastating thing about the whole piece because this person's after finding the number on the back of the toilet door or through a friend or on facebook and this is really intimate medical care you know, and we're a group of like four people who are trying to do our best, but are not necessarily the right people to be to be helping people in that situation. And um, not that the pills are dangerous because they're not; they're extremely safe. But it just things like that should be done in, you know, a safe, you know, high quality, consistent, resourced environment, not a DIY helpline that you stumbled across. Yeah, I think I think having an abortion anyway can be an isolating experience, mm-hmm. and. We mainly hear about women who travel to the UK or or Europe and about the kind of stigma and secrecy surrounding that. But having the abortion in Ireland is illegal, Mm -hmm. you know, and it carries with it the potential of a 14 year prison sentence. Mm -hmm. And for many people, it's their only option. Um, And I think the experience of having an abortion at home in your bedroom or your bathroom can be a very isolating experience. Yeah. And one that happens in silence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think in that context, the idea of care packages that you provide is kind of an amazing act of collective care. Yeah. Um, which operates kind of in the absence of care that women should be receiving. Yeah, I suppose uh, um, members of our group and our family and our best friends, you know, and ourselves, you know, had experienced abortion. And I suppose when we were thinking about what we would need practically, financially, you don't want to be worried about having to dig out 75 euros. That's a huge sum to come up with. 
especially if you're a precarious worker, you're unemployed, you're a student, you live in direct provision. But secondly, we were saying, wouldn't it just be really nice to have, you know, sanitary towels, pajamas, hot water bottle? We send people vitamin tablets, you know, vitamin C, stuff like that, vitamin B, iron, chocolate tea. You know, first of all, a lot of um, sanitary products can be really expensive. Um, but also if you're having an abortion and you're having it alone and you run out of pads or you run out of tea or you run out of whatever, you know, it's really nice, I think, to know that somebody somewhere really respects you and, you know, is, is there for you and is supporting you even in this bizarre, stranger kind of way. So we do those care packages for free. Um, and that's, again, we have a lot of support from people fundraising for us. But I think it's a really nice thing to offer people when they start messaging you and they're going through this. I think it, it makes them feel also that it's a legitimate experience it's a normal experience it's not you know it shouldn't be stigmatized it's not strange that you're like hey do you want this thing lots of people get it you can have it it's cool you know it's free <laughs> um i think yeah it makes people feel comforted yeah it's amazing and i suppose just finally if there's any women who are listening who might find themselves in a crisis pregnancy or feel they need support or information do you have any advice for them yeah absolutely get in touch with us on our on our text line or our email and we have a facebook page but we we discourage people from contacting us uh, about about getting abortions through there because it's just not legally safe to discuss that and the service runs every day of the week and we say six to nine so definitely expect a response from six to nine but i know that we all respond to texts when we see them when we can during the day too um, and just to know that you're not alone and that, you know, thousands of people have gone before you um, and, uh, you know, everybody, I think a, a huge portion of Ireland is working really, really hard right now to change this situation and to make it better for, you know, your friends and your sisters and your daughters. So hold, hold in there. So the text line number for Need Abortion Ireland is 089-490-2517 and it's operational between six and nine every day. You are listening to Current on Dublin Digital Radio. Rebecca travelled for abortion care in the UK six years ago. Like 3,000 women each year travel from Ireland. This is her story. Here, Rebecca takes us through what it feels like to travel from your home country to access healthcare abroad and the differences in experience for Irish women versus their UK or European counterparts when accessing this type of care. You have to go and get a scan in Dublin before you go over to... Really? Yeah. That was also another kind of like, even just like trying to find the place and going in and, you know, it wasn't very nice in there. So, you, like, and there was protesters outside that, that place as well, actually. The place where you got your scan done? In Dublin, you went yeah, over. yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. And is that because that's a place that is typically known as somewhere that people get their scans before they yeah. go and procure abortions? Yeah. That's really shocking. Isn't it? And so when you decided where to book in the UK, mm -hmm. did you have a lot of options? Like, was there only one place that seemed reasonably priced? Like, um, what was your criteria for deciding? There was somewhere that had an appointment in the, like, it was a time frame more so. Because there were options at different places, and then I think that we looked somewhere in Manchester, but we ended up going to Ealing, which is London. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was 
yeah, rail and sail over, train over, got to our hotel, then like the night before talking about it, and then the appointment was very early the next morning, so it was kind of like got up and went, and you're in a waiting room which is packed. Also, there's protesters outside that place. Right, which and what is, are they, like, do they have placards? Or they, they had placards, shouting? and the ones were the ones in Dublin were saying more than the ones in England, from what I remember. Um, do you remember what the ones in Dublin said? I can't really remember. Um, yeah, went in, went to the waiting room, then, which had tons of people in it, of varying ages, and then uh, they called you to go out, and then you have to go and they give you another scan, but then they were acting a bit odd, so then I had to get another scan, and that's when they were like, oh, by the way, it's twins, and I was like, oh, my God. What went through your head? First of all, like, when they were being strange about getting you another scan, like, what's your thought process? I was like, something's up, but I don't know what it is. And half of it, you're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I, you know, didn't have to, like, you know, worry about this? Or, you know, they, like, they weren't being, like, mean or rude or anything. I think they were just like, oh, but apparently it happens all the time. They said it at the time as well. They were like, this happens regularly. It's unfortunate that you're Irish because other people get to go home and sleep on it, where you have to, like, fly home and then fly back here again. If you wanted to if take If you wanted time. to take a little bit more time. But... So anyway, went then they were like, oh, you can go chat to your partner or whatever. And I was like, cool. When you were talking with your partner, I don't know, like what was the kind of, did you find it hard to then disclose again? Like you've got to do the first, like I'm pregnant and then you have to do the second, like, oh, and it's twins. Yeah. It was, you very much feel like you're in it together at that point. So it didn't feel like I was just having to disclose something that was separate to me to him. It felt like we were like very much you know, on the same page, in this together, we're a team. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was more, again, everything just feels so weird. You're just like, you wouldn't believe this. Um, but so the next step was, yet yeah, to go out to them. I had to go back into the waiting room, which was even more full now. Um, what did you notice about other people in the waiting room? Uh, there was people who were really young, like teenagers, but then there was also married couples, definitely there as well. Um, And it felt like any doctor's waiting room. There was nothing, like no one seemed very upset. You also have people who have had abortions already and are going back for like checkups or, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't take and they have to like you can get infections and stuff like that. Like just going, just keeping an eye on yeah the person's well being. Yeah, um, because it's healthcare. Because it's healthcare. There. Yeah, it's a doctor. I don't know. Yeah, but even like when I yeah went up and you kind of get changed again. It was really nice. The nurse I was talking to earlier, like hours early, and she's walking by and she's like, oh hey, how are you? you know, just very normal healthcare hospital kind of stuff. Um. And then you were brought into another, then being brought into the surgery actually was the weirdest because again, assuming abortions are the worst thing ever, I was like, oh, it's just a normal, very bright surgery room and there's loads of people here because there's nurses and doctors and everything. Yeah. And I was surprised at how many people were in that room because I've never had any surgery or anything before. Um, yeah. So, uh, right, um, get in the bed. Then they put the needle in your arm, so I went for semi-sedation, but I was totally out for it. Really? Uh, 
But the doctor knew loads about Dublin. He knew, like, I said Klansky. He was like, oh, that's right beside UCD. Like, he knew Dublin really well, and I was surprised by that. And then I was out. And then I woke up. And obviously that is, there's no, like, you don't dream. And the, I, I guess I felt kind of drunk from the painkillers. So I do remember starting to cry a bit. But I think that's also because the situation you're in, you're just in a strange place, and you don't quite know where you are at first. And it's all weird and you're away from home and if you could go home to your own bed it would just be the best but yeah. it's it's just a weird environment but you're woken up or you're brought into the, the waiting rooms uh, or the recovery rooms which are the one that I was in probably had about 10 women in it on sun loungers and they bring in a cup of tea and a biscuit and take your antibiotics they're all very nice there was two other Irish girls in there while I was in there. I'd say I was there for about like, I don't know, seven to ten minutes. Um, oh wow, so really short. I could have stayed there longer, but then uh, my boyfriend at the time was uh, freaking out downstairs. So he was like, where is she? And oh, asking. Really? So they were like, uh, he's looking for you. And I was like, guess I'm going to go downstairs. May as well get out of here. Um, but yeah, like there was... I. Remember also the two Irish girls were over the other side of the room and I kind of wish I sitting, was sitting nearer to them because people were chatting. There was a woman who yeah. came in who was upset and she was um, a good bit older than me. But the women were talking. I started talking to another um, girl who was opposite me. She was in for some aftercare um, stuff and we were just chatting very normally the way you would anyone who random oh, it's a bit weirder obviously again you're all on the same page and you're all in the same situation but it's very yeah but nice like, cordial like i still remember her name like the, the, all that yeah sort of thing but that's it i think people kind of expect that anywhere where something like that is happening that is illegal in our own country you yeah. expect that like it's always gonna be like dun dun yeah. dun about everything but it of was course a nice bright room it was where people are sitting, recovering, sure. Also, the woman who came in upset, the two women who were on either side of her instantly went to hold her hand. Just like... That's lovely. Yeah. Did you feel relieved? Did you feel melancholy? Like, what were your kind of... I did you just relieved. feel out of it? I, I would get... I was very out of it. But I was definitely relieved. I no longer felt sick. And... I, yeah. And I think... After that, when you got, went home, that's when more like guilt and like torturing yourself and like imagine this or, you know, who thinks this about me or imagine me tell someone they don't want to talk to me ever again and all these sort of things come to you. But in that moment then and there, I was like, I thought this is great. Yeah. I'm, it's like made a decision. I'm, I've gone through with it. I, ne I don't, I was never not going to go through with it once I'd made the decision. Yeah. From day one. It, that never crossed my mind that I might, or even that I might go over to England and then decide, oh, I don't want to, I might just come home. It was, it was, that was it. It was only afterwards that I was starting to touch myself, but. And what were the main things that came up for you in the aftermath? Feeling isolated and then, and definitely, yeah, feeling very isolated and not sure who you can tell but then I told everyone. Um, and because you don't know what someone's reaction is going to be. But if someone does react badly, you know, probably shouldn't hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. Have but, you had anybody react badly? 
Uh, no. No. I've had people say before they know that they think it's terrible um, and that they would vote no. Um, but that person actually recently texted me saying that they would now vote yes. If you could think about if it was legal here, what would be like the process that would be the most supportive? If you could think back, like the whole thing was just from the beginning. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, loads of different bits. The doctor where we went to get the scan before going over was nowhere near me at all. If it was legal over here, you could probably go to somewhere much closer to you that isn't actually that difficult to get to or in a part of town that you know better. Just simple, simple things like that. Um, being able to go home to your own bed afterwards is obviously great. Or if you're in a situation like me where it was twins and you were really, really unsure, you go home. Like, don't, just go home, sleep, sleep on it. Because yeah. if it's here, you do have more time. Um, and it's not so expensive because you're like talking about traveling there and back and there and back and all that sort of thing. Um, How yeah. did you do it money-wise? I, I'm not really sure how I did. Uh, I know I definitely borrowed... See, I was working full time mm -hmm. and living at home. So there you go. Uh, but I still borrowed money off one of my friends. I also didn't have a credit card because I was 22. Uh, so I had to borrow another friend's credit card, not to spend money on it, but just to get a hotel because right. you need to have something. Yeah. Um, which I'm so she said it to me the night before and I just never would have thought of that I would have arrived and not been able to take my room yeah um, all these little things to do with just travelling but you shouldn't have to worry about that when you're worrying about something else that's much more important absolutely it's a huge other layer of yeah. knowing how to do certain things that are yeah. not connected at all to, to dealing yeah. with a healthcare issue yeah and taxis and boats and just or planes, um, but yeah, no, it was a real pain. But um, but I don't regret it. Yeah, is there anything if you could think about if somebody was about to go through what you went through, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give them? Um, well, this did happen a couple of months after mine, where I was. I told my friend Andy. And then we were in work and another girl that he was kind of more friends with, who was about two years or three years younger than me, maybe two years. And uh, he, she had just found out she was pregnant and told him. And he, he said, I know someone else who's literally just had an abortion if you'd like to talk to her. She thought, sure, why not? But that also made me feel much better talking to someone else. Because a huge thing again is when you get too much into your own head you're putting words in people's mouths but then this girl I didn't know very well I was instantly like well if this is what you want to do you can do it this way if not that is completely obviously your decision but it was in knowing someone else so quickly afterwards and the more you t tell people the more you find out about who like so many so many people have had abortions and that is really really comforting but yeah being able to talk to her was well, comforting for her, but also very comforting for me. Yeah. Cause Did you see yourself as the person that you wished that you could have spoken to beforehand? That would have been nice to talk to someone else who had recently gone through it and was fine. And also because it was so recent that if she felt kind of unhappy or a bit um, not herself afterwards, 
she could talk to me and I'd be like, I know exactly what that feels like. Just having someone who knows literally exactly what, how you feel. Yeah, like um, day to day and week to week. Exactly. But she was the same as me. She didn't want, she, her decision was her, like very much her decision. She was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I 100% do not want a baby right now. Um, but yeah, the more people you meet who have gone through it, it's really, really nice just to chat to them. But when I was in London recently, I was talking to a friend of mine who had, well, she'd gotten the abortion pill, which is something that you can get if it's in your own country, which sounds, well, not great, obviously, but you can take it and go home. And it's yeah. just not as invasive, yeah. basically. Um, but then her housemate, I think, just, there was just people very open about it, just talking about it. And just the way in which they were talking about it is a way that I think it's, well, the people do not talk about it here and that would be a difference. Not that more necessarily more people are having abortions, it's more people are open about it and aren't, and are more there for each other, I guess. Thanks for listening to Current. Remember you can tweet us at at currentddr or email us at current at dublindigitalradio.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on the Dublin Digital Radio SoundCloud.